Hey, y'all, and welcome back to the Talk of Fame podcast. I'm Connie Montigny as your host, and today we have a special guest who's a 22-year-old musician, songwriter, and artist, which she is from Los Angeles, is actually living there right now, born and raised. But her musical path has been accurate explorations of the folk American genres interwoven with some exciting tours in the realm of pop music at a former time. Her debut love and track album Bloodline was released in March 2023 and lives into themes of fleeing love dwindling to the passive, passive, passage of time. Working alongside Brunino down in Nashville, Tennessee in the project's entirety and title trackable line. Plays home homage to her love of national Terran and remains a heartfelt ode to the cherished individuals who have played pivotal roles in her life. We have the pleasure of welcoming Natalie Del Carmen joining us on the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Natalie. How are you? Hello, I'm doing good. I'm it's so good happy. Yeah, I'm so happy to have you on here. And it's so nice to meet you also. But like, I know like with me asking these type of questions, I know it's like having you answer this question all over again. But has becoming a singer-songwriter always kind of been your dream? Or did you always have like a different type of dream like that? It's like you didn't expect to become a singer-songwriter. Yeah, no, that's a, it's a great question. Um, I think... I think I've always wanted to do something musical. I think growing up, I knew I wanted to be in music, but maybe I didn't quite know what. I think I knew what I wanted out of a career and what a career might feel like to me. And I think music just lended itself to that feeling. So I think I ended up going down that path. And, you know, it's sort of an unconventional career and it comes with its own path as like a lot of careers do. And I'm really lucky to have grown up with like, um, very creative friends and creative family. So I feel like um, music doesn't always feel like a means to an end that way. And I feel like I have a lot of support from family. And I think the my vision of what a singer songwriter is has also changed a lot throughout the years. And I used to think it was like you made it in the public world. But now I feel like there's so many corners of music now where like people are their own definition of success. And I think I would be happy to be in that kind of area. Yeah, like with being a singer songwriter, like everyone like has a different type of success. Like I know every person they define singer songwriter definition differently from what others may think. But what were yeah. some like your favorite like artists growing up that kind of made your passion for music kind of grow? Because I know that's a very hard question for me. I know I can name yeah. the people for, 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 for <laughs> sure. Like it's just so many. Yeah, I was actually in the car the other day thinking about this question because I feel like it changes so often. But yeah. um, you know, childhood doesn't change. I was huge into Taylor Swift. I think a lot oh, of yeah. a lot of girls are, and um, she kickstarted the songwriting thing. And then mm-hmm. I was very, very into the Lumineers growing up as well. And I think currently my biggest inspiration is Brandy Carlile. I think mm-hmm. she's amazing, and she's so well spoken. And she's, I think she's my my current favorite artist. Yeah, like with Tara Swift, like did you see her and Travis Kelsey are dating? I did. It's all over the internet. <laughs> oh yeah, it's crazy how much like attention they're getting though. Like I saw like an article this morning and it's like I it said something like, Oh, Travis Kelsey's family, like mom, brother, and dad are kind of like overwhelmed by how much attention they're getting in their relationship. <laughs> Which I'm like, no, that's exactly. totally understandable because how big Tara Swift is, it's absolutely like crazy, but they're absolutely 
so cute at the same time though it's like i know it's Absolutely. been getting so much attention that everyone's been talking about this like of course you have to hear about it it's true. No, absolutely. And her, her heirs tour was awesome. I like went with my mom and here in LA and it was, it was so great. No way. You went to see it? I did. It was so great. I'm so lucky. It was, it was awesome. Oh my gosh. You're so lucky. Like, did you see it in theaters yet? Or you just kind of wanted to live in person rather than see it in the theaters? My like friend group and I, we did go and see it, which is really fun. We had a little, a little girls night out, I guess. So it was fun. <laughs> Yeah, like I haven't seen the Eras Tour movie yet, which I probably should, but I've never had a chance, but I heard it was so good. And I literally seen videos of people in the movie theater and this in the front and it's all jamming out. And I'm just like, okay, this is absolutely crazy. Like in the movie theater, <laughs> like, oh my gosh. But um yes. what was kind of like life like for you growing up in LA? Yeah, with its I mean, I think LA has its draw-ins and drawbacks and um i sometimes wonder who i'd be if i didn't really grow up here and mm -hmm. after college i came right back here and um lately sometimes i think like i wonder if i should move to somewhere like more quiet with like mountains and more serene and um i think i would like that for a few months and then i would just want to come back and i think everybody has that place and mine is la i always feel like i have to come back and when I was a kid, I feel like there was always something to do, kind of like we talked about earlier. And mm. when I was 16, I got my license. I felt like there was always somewhere to go. Mm. Um, and, you know, there's always the saying about L.A. where, like, it's kind of a depressing city or L.A. changes you. And, you know, I think that's definitely true for a lot of people. But, um, you know, when you grow up here, I have a lot of really great memories as a kid. So I think that kind of always rings true at the end. Yeah, it really does. It's when like I go visit um Los Angeles every. I haven't been there since twenty twenty before the pandemic. But it's like every time I visit Los Angeles, but of course, me being a Dodger fan, I have to go to Los Angeles. <laughs> but also, awesome. Los Angeles is seriously one of my favorite cities ever that I love to visit. And so, like every time I go to Los Angeles, I'm just like, I do not want to leave. And this place is always like it. Like you said, like it always. It changes you in a way that you just love it so much. I know with people, some people, they might have a love-hate relationship with Los Angeles or even California itself. Mm -hmm. So it's like, even with California, I even convince, try to convince my parents to let me go to college there or go to live there. They're like, mm -mm, like that's too far. But I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, I'm still going there anyways. But like, while I live in Los Angeles, like, how did you kind of discover, like, your passion for folk and pop music, especially in high school, that made you want to write your first song? Yeah, like, kind of was saying, like, a cliche, cliche answer, but I had those favorite artists that kind of, there's nothing like watching somebody do what they're good at, and then you also want to do that, so that's why I wrote my first song, so it's, it's, I still feel that way about a lot of things, too, um, I wouldn't say I'm unfortunately not as disciplined as a lot of writers are to write a song every day. I, I definitely don't do that, but mm -hmm. I try to journal a lot. So I feel like I'm always on the verge of something, but I, uh, yeah, I, w I wish I was someone who could write all the time, but mm -hmm. I feel like I always have to, something has to happen or I have to like come to a realization about something in order to fully write about it and um, kind of answer your question, like folk music or kind of like, the Americana route I'm kind of going down. Um, I've had friends tell me I should do that 
and I was sort of unsure about like branding myself as that and really going down that path, but I'm really glad I have. And I think I like to write with a lot of metaphors and that genre just lends itself to that really well. So I think it makes sense for me. Yeah, because like when you um become a singer songwriter, it like I know there's a lot of songwriters, like you said, like can um write every single day. I don't know why I'm yawning, but some <laughs> songwriters um can write every single day, which is amazing. But also for me, for example, like if I was the singer songwriter, if I'm like working, like we're doing a podcast and so I know I do interviews mostly every single day, but when I do, I'm just like I'm already done. I just want to go to sleep. Like, this is exhausting. <laughs> because it can be exhausting, like, writing and being a singer-songwriter and releasing things. Because especially with being a singer-songwriter, it can be being, like, very exhausting trying to, you know, like, publish a song, like, kind of promote it in a way and get gigs. Like, it yeah. can just be so exhausting. I'm sure it's, like, you feel, like, feel the exact same way. Definitely. Yeah, I, I am a huge believer. Again, everyone's process is different. I think some of the best songs come from in the midst of something, but I think I've written all my favorite songs way after the fact, just because you come to terms with a lot of things. And I think you have more to write about once you've kind of processed something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because like, I feel like most of my thoughts and what I want to do, like in terms of maybe my work is mostly comes at night for some reason. I don't know if that's for yeah, you yeah. as well, but I don't know yeah. why when I like most of my ideas and thoughts are always at night, which is crazy because they won't come during the day, especially when I need them. And then when I sleep, I'm just like, I don't yeah. want, I want to write it down. Like it's too exhausting. Like it's crazy. Yeah. That's that's so relatable. I'm I'm like very type A. So like during the day, I'm like occupied with the other things. And then at night is like I finally just <laughs> kind of relax. And I think that's when the music comes. So that makes sense. Yeah, that's that's the same thing for me as well. But um on November 15th, you will be playing at the Breaking Silent Lay at Break Room 86. Like, are you kind of looking forward to when playing there on the 15th? Yeah, it's a shameless plug if you're in LA and you're listening please come on out um I don't play as much as I should I am really excited about this show because of that and I'm really excited to play the new EP because I feel like I'm really proud of those songs on there and that'll be fun to play for the first time and in general with playing out I really love curating a set like I think mm -hmm. it's I love watching artists who have so clearly thought out their set list and how it moves and so I love to rework songs and put things first and then last and kind of the flow of the show. And that stuff is really fun for me. Mm -hmm. Like, especially with playing a new EP or song live, this hits really different from the other songs you played. But what songs are you like looking forward to playing on set? Yeah, I think definitely... Um, Hollywood Reviews, um, Achilles Dire End, and The Future's Near, so Final Fall in Love. I think those three I'm really excited about playing live. Ooh, those are definitely good ones. I have to say, those are really good. But how did you <laughs> um, get through being across the country to Boston for college? Like, how was kind of like the atmosphere and being like from your family different from kind of what you're used to, especially going away for college? For sure, yeah. I getting a bachelor's degree was really important to me. And um, 
kind of like our first question. I think I knew what I wanted to do, but I really didn't. And I, I knew it was in music, but in college, like, you know, I could have studied like maybe journalism or something in English, but I knew I wanted to study contemporary music and there's only so many places you can do that in the US. So I think I knew I wanted to go to Berkeley and I kind of accepted that early on, but if I got it, I would have to move. And, um, you know, I had no friends or family there. And I remember, the first night my parents had like dropped me off at my dorm room when I was 18 and I kind of told myself okay it's like you need to get it together like you need to make friends you need to do it you need to do the thing you need to not accept how far away from home you are and I did and I felt even outside of that just super grateful that I met really some of the most amazing people my first week of college and I think that was sort of meant to be um, I think anywhere you go there's like the six degrees of separation and I had met uh, Brunjo, the production studio down in Nashville. The five of them I had met at Berkeley through another friend, and that was very faded. And um, I worked with Coburn Larson on my last two projects, and we had met at Berkeley as well. So um, a lot of people still in my life I met there. So I have no regrets about going there. And I think um, I'm grateful to have maybe had it easier with friendships and stuff. So it made being so far not too hard. Yeah, like, especially with making friends there, it just, like, makes you feel more at home rather than being at home in Los Angeles. Like, especially for me as a junior in high school, the biggest factor for me is, of course, you know, finding a major that has, like, the school that has my major, but I'll, and also finding a place that's right for me. Like, I don't know why, but I always said to people, and I always had in my mind that I wanted to go to school out of state. In Pennsylvania, because like I don't know, like I don't know why, but it's like I always want to go somewhere out of state to really explore and get and try to find something new and different atmosphere and trying to find who I am. But also, but at the same time, I'm just like I don't know how I'm gonna adjust leaving my family at the same time. Because of course I'm a homebody, I love being around my family, but also trying to figure out a way where I can also be close to my family. And also meet new people and be happy at the same time when in college. Absolutely. No, I, I totally agree with you. It's the junior year of high school and the senior year. It's like such a rush to like think about all that stuff. And yeah, I, you have to let me know where you end up going. Definitely. Like, I don't know why, but my mind is literally on a Florida school right now. Like, I don't know why, but I always love Florida for some reason. And plus, my family lives down there in Florida. So it's always, you know, a good choice to really just go down to Florida with people that you already know and close to and also have some family that you are close in case you're a bit homesick and you could really use some family time. But there's so many options I'm looking at that I'm like, what am I supposed to do? But there's always so much time to figure out like, okay, where do I want to go to college? Where do I want to do in my life? Like, it's not always like a specific, you know, rush if you want to go to college at this place or this place. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. I think that and sounds like, like a good decision yeah definitely it's so big I'm just like what am I supposed to do <laughs> but what was like your experience like at Berkeley like how did you kind of like it yeah I kind of like what we were, you were just saying like college is so interesting and I think everybody has different experiences at college and like maybe even more at Berkeley where you're all studying the same thing it's actually pretty crazy how everyone has such a different experience um, 
kind of my experience at Berkeley, I was a COVID college kid. So in some my sophomore year, I kind of decided I wanted to fast track my way through college. So I chose the three year route instead. And I was kind of just go, 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 got my stuff done and did what I needed to do. But I have like so much respect for my peers who like spent all their time in clubs and really took their time with college because you know never you get out what you put in and I I and I think they're great to do that. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of found my corner in the songwriting department and then I kind of flew under the radar there and then yeah I, I loved Berkeley and I think it's I got what I needed out of it and I'm most grateful I think for the vocal coach that I studied with there. Her name is Alona Tip and if she's listening, she's so wonderful. Um, she reminded me like every day when you're studying music and it can be kind of a really a lot that music is fun and we had required like proficiency exams and stuff but she always reminded me that I was capable of anything and she yeah she really feels like more of a friend now and I am so grateful for her so yeah well I love it it's crazy to really be in this industry meet all sorts of people then also like, when you meet those people to come close to them like it is really just it's very you know something you don't experience a lot you know meeting people whether it's like through college or work that really just becomes their family like it's very rare to like to happen for people Absolutely. Yeah. We had like randomly gotten paired together. So it's like you take like a, an entrance exam and then they kind of pair you with someone you think you would work well with. And I don't know, I think they couldn't have done a better job. So I'm really <laughs> glad about that. Yeah. Yeah. But you recently just came out with a new EP called Tandem Songs. How does this EP kind of help you change your shift in your musical style? Yeah, it's a, it's a, I think it's a big shift. Um, for Bloodline, I had written a lot of those songs like between 18 and 21. So it's kind of like, here are all the songs that I've loved as a teenager on one album. So it feels cohesive to me, but sometimes it feels like it starts really pop and then it comes down to like kind of what I'm doing now. And I think I had written Bloodline and from there, I kind of knew what I wanted to continue doing. And there's like an unfortunate reality about music that a lot of it can feel very numbers based and I was glad that that song was doing better than other ones on the album because it kind of solidified that I want to go down this path and maybe somebody would listen to it. So that was really good. And I had written Hollywood reviews off of tandem songs. And then from there, I think I just knew where I needed to go from there. Yeah. And I listened to EP before we jumped on the interview and I was like, oh my gosh, these songs are just amazing. Because of course with Bloodline, it really shows a different things than you're used to which is amazing because it's always good to really just try different musical styles instead of really just focusing on one specific thing but also all like really just the kind of exploring different types of songs to really put out there and also good for yourself is a good thing absolutely yeah I agree with that (laughs) yeah like how did working with Zach Burke and Corbin Larson help the impact the music in the EP yeah, I um I worked with Brunjo again in Nashville for like three of the songs, which I always know I want to I love working with them. Um, then Coburn and I had done a song on Bloodline, and this time we decided to kind of go off on our own thing and kind of produce the song. And he's so great at what he does, and he's so like production focused, and he really just knows what a song needs. So that was a really cool experience to also work with him in Nashville again. And Zach Burke. Uh, actually reached out at the best time. I didn't know him prior, but 
he had found me off of Lai Lai on Bloodline and he wanted to see if he, we wanted to work together. And I had sent kind of a funny thing back being like, I don't really make pop music anymore, but if you're interested in like making an Americana song, like that would be great. And we kind of got to talking and we realized that we're also both from the Valley in LA. So that was really strange, but um, we were working together again. And yeah, it's cool to know him. He's like just down the street. Ooh, it's crazy to you know that you guys are living living down the street. And it's <laughs> yeah. like seriously like crazy to think about. Like, what is Zach into pop music, or is he kind of, like makes kind of pop music things, or is he kind of into like all sorts of things? Yeah, he's an insane producer. I I think he's he makes a lot of like maybe like hip hop rap related stuff, but he does so well in like the instrument instrumental kind of music and. Um, I think we maybe like took a chance on each other, but I really think he did a really great job with, he did an Achilles end on the EP and Ooh. he did such a great job. So um, he really listens to you. I think that's why I'm excited to work with him again. And he's really great at, you know, putting his own ideas where it's needed. And then he really listens to you when you want something. Yeah, it's like great to always having that work with people to really just will listen to you and your feel like what you want to feel. Because I know with so many people, I've experienced this personally with whether it's like work or whatever it is, don't like to put your thoughts and only care about their own thoughts in the CP. Yeah. Like it just actually just jazz me. I don't know about you, but it absolutely jazz me and say no. It's who knows no, your opinion. So it's always that. good to work with someone that always kind of, you know, considers your thoughts and like whatever like the songwriting process. Yeah, when you both listen to each other, I think you only get a better outcome, I think. Yeah, definitely. And like, what would you say is like your favorite song on EP? Um, I think one for sure, but three kind of for different reasons. I think Hollywood Reviews is my favorite lyrically because I think I tried writing that song so many times over the last few years. Um, you know, I'm a Gen Z kid, so yeah. the rise of like TikTok and stuff and just the amount of hours you spend on your phone is kind of absurd so yeah, I think true. I needed yeah I needed to like find a way to write about that that maybe wasn't so cliche like so I, I took a long time to write that song and I'm really proud of it and for I think the best song on the EP is Achilles Dire End but the my favorite one that I made that I hold more like emotional parts to is probably the future is near um Brunjo there's five of them they're down in Nashville and they're so evidently so good at what they do. So they're each so great at one thing. And I think that song, we all just put what we were good at into one song and it completely came out amazing. I think the arrangement is crazy. And when I hear each person playing, I like know who it is because that's what they're good at. Yeah, and like like you said earlier with Gen Z social media, it's really just <laughs> crazy to see like how much social media impacts Gen Z, whether it's like TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Like it's crazy to see how much Gen Z is really just obsessed with social media. It's absolutely like it drives me crazy, even myself. Like whenever I'm on my phone, yeah. I'm like, what am I doing with myself right now? Like, what am I doing? Yeah. And like kind of like what I was saying, like those unfortunate realities about music, especially, or like even what you do, like doing interviews and stuff, like being on social media is like such a huge part of your career. And sometimes that's really taxing. And, you know, Instagram makes things now where like you can schedule posts and stuff. So that yeah. kind of helps you feel like you're not on it all the time. And yeah, so I feel like I'm as much on social media as much as I've like drawn a line. <laughs> I think. Yeah, same here. Sometimes I always try to like, 
pinch myself trying not to be on social media. I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I on social media <laughs> so much? But also with scheduling posts, it has helped me literally so much. And like, why? Awesome. Like, this is dumb. I don't need no more social media. I'll just watch TV for the rest of the day. Like, I don't exactly. need it. But the last thing I have for you is what is some advice for upcoming singer-songwriters that are just starting out? Yeah. Um, I have like two things. I think specifically in music lyrically, um, something I've just recently learned is putting yourself in what you're writing about when you write it. So like put yourself in the situation, think of all the sensory things, really talk about what happened. And then the best metaphors come from those specific details. Cause sometimes when you do that, it's not super relatable to a listener, but once you have those details and you can kind of dim them down with metaphors it makes it so relatable to somebody else and it's cool that you'll only know the details of where it came from and i think outside of that i think i'm a huge advocate for picking up an instrument Mm -hmm. and so much of music is outside of what you do in your head so me playing guitar is a really great way for me to get music out that's not just word based and i always tell people that a few chords is all you really need because I don't feel like I truly know how to play guitar. Like I couldn't teach anybody like notes on a guitar, but you just find what you love and you learn something else and then you recycle everything. And eventually it just looks like, you know how to play guitar. Yeah, definitely. That's some good advice. I seriously love that. But I want to um, thank you so much for coming on and taking the time. I hope everyone is enjoying this, you know, cold. Like I know in Pennsylvania it's freezing. I'm not sure. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm sure in California it's very warm, which I'm super jealous of. It's currently 40 <laughs> degrees here in Pennsylvania on Halloween. Oh. So I this is the worst feeling ever. But I can, oh, I'll rather take it than anything, but thank you everyone for listening to this episode. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I hope everyone enjoys the rest of their day and stay tuned for more episodes. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was so great meeting you. Thank you so much for taking time. You too, Kylie. So great meeting you. Of course. Talk to you soon. Awesome. Bye.